Hello and welcome to the Shoot Got Real podcast, back for another year in 2021, uh, season two, episode one. Let's go. My name's Tom English. We've got a big show on the way for you. Craig Morgan is the general manager of the Western Sydney Two Blues. He's dropping by to talk all things uh, their systems, Granville Oval redevelopment, what he expects from the brand new season. Tony Lewis as well, who's commentated club rugby for Channel 7 for pretty much five years. I think right up until this year, 2014, 2015, 2015. Yeah. Uh, he's going to come on to tip the upcoming round. Before we do any of that, though, I need to point out that we're always looking for sponsors here on uh, Shoot Got Real podcast. If you want to get involved, you can do so. Email shootgotreal at gmail.com or send us a message on Facebook also at Shoot Got Real. We've got a very specific target demographic and a growing audience, which is always good. So if you want to get involved, uh, we can get you shout outs on Facebook and uh, 30 seconds at the beginning and end of each podcast episode we do. As I say, just contact us, shootgotreal at gmail.com or message us on Facebook. Anyway, let's get into it. Here's Craig Morgan from the Western Sydney Two Blues. We're welcoming to the podcast now uh, the general manager of the Western Sydney Two Blues, Craig Morgan. Afternoon, Craig. Afternoon, Tom. Thanks for having us. That's all good. Um, all right, let's start with your new stadium. Uh, you've named it Eric Tweeddale Stadium. From what I've seen, it looks almost ready to go. Do you have an update on that for us? Yeah, the building side of things is expected to be completed in May. The thing that will hold us up getting on there to play is the turf rooting into the soil. We need to be certain that that turf is is secure and ready to hold uh, or be scrum ready. So we, we will get on there at some point this year. We're just not certain when. Very dependent on weather and uh, the right conditions so that the roots take hold into the ground. Um, you got it named after the oldest living wallaby and uh, former Western Sydney Two Blue, of course, Eric Tweedale. How did that, um, who, who thought of that? Yeah, there was a few people who had put that forward and uh, council ran with it. I think uh, Greg Cummins, who's on the council, mm. uh, he's also just joined our board, uh, was instrumental in that as well. Awesome. Um, Eric. Eric turns 100 uh, shortly and we're having a bit of a celebration for that. So it's a massive year for Eric with a stadium being named after him and turning 100. So wow. uh, a magnificent gentleman of the game. So it's, uh, it's very exciting. Um, am I right in saying uh, he's been known to turn up to a few games every now and then? He does occasionally. He lives up on the central coast now. So transport for him is not uh, as easy as what it once was. Yep. Um, and with his age as well. But he... Uh, when he does attend, he always leads the club's song very vigorously. Wonderful. All right, well, uh, so this is something that interested me. Um, the draw, as I think you're only playing one home game in the first six weeks. I'm going to assume you had something to do with that, uh, kind of waiting until your ground's in shape to play your home games. Is that correct? Uh, slightly, but it, it worked out favourably. Uh, mm. I think we're always the first two home games, uh, sorry, the first two rounds away. Um, then we'd, we're facing Penrith round three. Yeah, our match in Eastern Suburbs was meant to be our home game, but mm. East uh, contacted us and uh, wanted to reverse the schedule simply because they are looking to uh, basically play us in Orange, uh, which right. we accepted because uh, we enjoyed doing that. Uh, yep. It's a great invitation to accept and works out well for us to hopefully get to play East in the last round on the new stadium. Okay, awesome. So uh, when we're looking at home gets, so I think you've got, you're down uh, to play Penrith in rounds. Uh, no, so, sorry, you play West Harbour in round seven, I think it is. But yeah, are you expecting to play that at Eric Toydale Stadium or? 
Uh, no, that, that one will be Camden. We take okay. a game to Camden every year and we nominated that one. Same sort of reasoning. We, yep. we always take it there, but we thought that would be good to sort of offset the timing as well. So um, to, to give the stadium chance for that grass to, to grow. Sure. Um, right. So we're kind of looking at round 10 or onwards, I think. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so you've been playing out of, out of Lidcombe for the last couple of years. And I'll be honest here, I think it's a little bit of an ordinary ground to uh, watch rugby at. When you move back to Granville, to Granville, which is the heart of your region, you've got a brand new stadium. Do you think that's going to positively affect crowds? Do you think it'll be easier to get a crowd along? I think it will be. I think it'll be a great facility to watch rugby from. Uh, it'll be much better for us to have hospitality options. Yeah. Uh, so I think it will, but I still think it'll take time to, to build the crowds. We also need to start winning games. Sure. Um, winning breeds success and, and builds interest. So we need to you know, put it all together. So it's a, a total package. Um, so we had guys involved in the, the club last year, guys like Tatafu now who I saw you uh, granted him life membership over the off season. He played a massive part, I think. Um, how good is it to see players like that give back in such a big way? Yeah, Taft's outstanding. Uh, and it's some of the little things that people don't see. That's really the contributing factors around culture and behaviours. Uh, two things spring to mind. He was in touch uh, last year when he was looking to come back. And he was one of the first people to you know, put his hand up to ask how to pay registration. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, as a representative player, sometimes I think people just assume that they walk in the door and it's a free ride where... Yeah. He leads by example, pays his subs straight up, and I think that really sets the tone for everybody else. The second example was um, we played Gordon at Chatswood. Our uh, ladies' team played the last game. Tarford played the first game with fourth grade. Yeah. Uh, we needed to have someone run the touchline, and there he was with the flag Absolutely. in hand. Yeah, it's magnificent. You know, there's a couple of Gordon kids running alongside him who he had interaction with. So that's a buzz for those kids. Yeah. He's been there all day and and there he is right at the end running the flags. So you can't is, fault that. Is he still going to be involved in any capacity this year? Will he be playing fourth grade again or? Uh, we're, we're hoping he'll be involved. I know mm. our senior coaching team are talking to him about some potential involvement around mm. set piece. So we're hoping that comes to fruition. Uh, we'd okay. love to keep him in. Um, I do know he was spotted doing some coaching certifications, so uh, that's always handy. Um, yeah. Getting uh, up to date on you know whatever they're what it is they're doing these days in, in the coaching ranks mm. uh, and taking it down. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll see him around and uh, contributing in other ways. Um, so yeah, he, he was a junior, grew up at uh, I think Granville High School. I think he went down to. Speaking of juniors. Um, when COVID came around, there was a lot of job cutting within um, the various New South Wales rugby, Australian rugby. Uh, it affected the number of development offices. And I think you had four previously that dropped down to zero. Did I get that right? What's what, what's that situation yeah, look like now? This is my fifth season at the club. When I commenced, there were four development offices. Within 12 months, it had been cut to one. Gosh. Uh, it got cut to zero and we're still at zero. Uh, so we have no development offices in what is probably one of the most critical, critically endangered regions for rugby mm. in, in the country. It's a massive region. Uh, there is a lot of talented athletes in the West yep. and we need to be forefront in their minds, starting with the kids to get them playing the game and experiencing it to uh, have any pull through 
for the future of the game in Western Sydney. Mm, I think it's, um, we were having this discussion earlier uh, with someone else that uh, it's the clubs in Western Sydney have kind of got two factors really, whereas the only other clubs kind of have where, where you've got to one stop players going to different clubs. And you've also got to stop players going to rugby league. Whereas most of the other clubs have just got to, you know, they, they don't have that coming from two different angles, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. There's some massive social differences, demographics, mm. Uh, the competition you listed from uh, rugby league and also just losing players to other clubs, which happens for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to stop that in some aspects. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's, there's no one solution. It's, it's going to, it's a big job and it's yep. going to take uh, a lot of support. When you look ahead um, to the on-field stuff, what does a successful season look like for you guys? For us, it's being highly competitive, number one, mm. that uh, we're, we're in games till the end um, and that we're winning our fair share. Mm. You know, semi-finals would be outstanding. That would be magnificent. Uh, but as long as we are in every game and we are winning our fair share of them, that, that other clubs are on notice that, um, that they've got a, a game on their hands each and every week. So uh, when you go through the draw, are you circling in red? I think you play uh, West Harbour twice. I think you play Penrith twice as well. Are you kind of circling those games in red saying, hey, those, those are opportunities to get a handful of wins on the board? Uh, personally, I think every game's winnable. I think mm-hmm. if we go into any game thinking it's not winnable, we, we shouldn't be going out. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, the comp changes from year to year. The clubs change year to year with their personnel for a lot of them. Uh, yeah. So it's very dynamic. Yeah, you know, I think we've got the basis of a really good side this year, you know, mm. as long as it all fails and they've trained well. It's just a matter of how they play football now on Saturdays. Um, I think if we, you know, we'd like to knock over some of those big clubs, yeah, uh, well. not just not just target teams that may be assumed as easier wins. We, we need to be competing with the big boys. So uh, I remember you played, I think, Norths last year and uh, you ambushed them a bit. Like they took a game down to Camden, which is normally, as you mentioned before, uh, your sort of hunting ground. And they took a game down there and I think you scored 29 points or something and pushed them right to the end. And I guess that kind of proves that, yeah, you absolutely do have a chance of knocking over some of the better clubs. What's preseason been like for you guys? Yeah, there's there's been a lot of effort put in from the coaching team and yeah. our SNC McKinnon um, around the structure of the the program, trying to get the guys fitter than they have been because yeah. that's I suppose there's uh, hangs over our head that teams look at us and go the last twenty minutes is where they'll they'll knock us off. Right. Um, they're usually a bigger bodied type of team uh, that tends to burn out in the last last 20 and teams overrun us. It was evident from some of the results last year. We had Ranwick nil all at halftime. I think we are down by maybe a try to uni at halftime and then uh, back into the game, we got pumped in both of those. Mm. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of focus on that, a lot of focus on team cohesion. We've had some players come in, we've had some players go out, unfortunately, as well. Yeah. Um, so trying to build that cohesion amongst the team that they're... Um, they're ready to roll on Saturday. Okay, then on players, who, who have you kind of recruited? Who have you lost? A few boys have uh, come in from New Zealand. Okay. Um, lads, uh, good people to start with, which is very important. Um, and they're looking the goods on, on field as well. So great attitudes and leading by example. So we've got a few boys there who I think really should stand up this year. We've, um, I think we've recruited well. We probably haven't retained well. 
we haven't retained strongly enough. Okay. Um, we've lost four, four players to East. Uh, we've lost a couple to Gordon, mm. one to Renwick. Uh, so it's always disappointing to lose uh, players. Yeah. And for various reasons, um, some think they get better opportunities elsewhere when it mm. comes to representative level rugby. Uh, there is that perception around, which we need to try and break. Yeah. And again, that comes down to winning games because I think once you start winning games, people have to take notice. Mm. Uh, yeah. So sometimes it's an attitudinal thing as well. So it's, it's difficult when... You know, you're losing a chunk of players. Yeah. We also bring players in. If you, if we could have kept or retained those players and built around them as well, uh, we'd be exceptionally strong. Um, you did, I think, did you go down to the Kayama Sevens and come away with some silverware there? I think I read. Uh, does that help with kind of bringing those juniors in to kind of say, hey, we, we went down here and we won? Does that help with the lower levels? Yeah, it does, simply because we, we took an active interest in the Sevens format. Uh, over a number of years we've been building this program and it's yeah. just paid dividends here we um took a colt side a women's side and a men's side up to hamilton newcastle right uh the colt side made the final the women were a very young side pretty much playing their first tournament together mm-hmm. i think they made semi-finals and really stood up against established sides and our men went out and won that one you know yeah we won kayama um and the reality is the sevens program is what keeps our cults alive. Right. Uh, without that, a lot of kids that have come into the cults program basically have been attracted by the sevens format. They play 15s for us. Uh, and some of those have, you know, have made their first grade debuts over the last 12 months as well in shoot shield. So mm. it's, um, definitely, uh, yeah, we've embraced the other formats and, and we try to be, uh, I suppose we look at things holistically to yep. attract players into the. So um, I remember last year, I think uh, the requirements to field a team in a field a club and competition was that you have to have, I think, first grade, second grade, and a Colts team. Uh, what does that look like for you guys this year? How many grades do you see yourself? The, the technically the requirements are three senior grades, two Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made a decision last week. We, we ran three grades out in our trials. Yep. We ran two pults out in our trials. Um, so technically we were compliant, but based on some tangible situations such as registration, mm. people that are actually registered in the system yep. and those people showing up to training. So we know they're real people, not just phantoms that show up on Saturday. We, uh, we recently made the call. We're actually going to cut third grade. Right. and go to the top two. However, at training last night, as, as always happens, round yeah. one comes around, yeah. players start to filter back in. So we're a bit of a variable at the moment. So yeah. things may change over the next week or two for us. Painful situation that. Like, um, it's it's inconvenient for, for us. It's inconvenient for everyone. But, yeah, it's, it's what we do with our, our West. Thank you so much for chatting. I uh, appreciate getting that update best of luck hope you get uh definitely a few wins in this year if not finals um love to have you on again or one of the players really appreciate it that is craig morgan from the western sydney two blues talking about his hopes for the upcoming year hi my name's tom english this is the shoot got real podcast we're about to talk to tony lewis before we do i need to point out that since we spoke to him team lists have dropped uh for the upcoming round here a couple of the headlines Jack Grant, only Waratahs player we're going to see this weekend. He's uh, the starting halfback for Eastern Suburbs. We weren't sure, and we discussed this with Tony Lewis, whether we'll see him throughout the year. Um, 
playing for Eastern Suburbs. Of course, he is the second choice halfback for the Waratahs, so you would expect him to be quite involved there. Instead, he's going to be playing in round one, which is exciting, um, especially given the Waratahs have a bye. That being said, he's the only Waratah who is going to be playing. Harley Atwater, who we've had on the podcast before, he's been moved to 12. This is relevant because Manly recruited him after four rounds. So in the middle of last year, specifically because they needed a 10. Um, and then come this year, they're just going to stuff that. You're in at 12. Leon Fukafuka, he's got 11 caps for the Tongan national team. He is the starting halfback for Hunter. Uh, the Wildfires recruited him off in the offseason, and he's going to be playing for them pretty much the whole of this year. And also Gordon, a very different as well. Very different side. We knew we would expect that, and we discussed that with Tony as well. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how they react to that many changes in the offseason. We went through it all, however, with Tony Lewis. Here he is now. Joining us once again on the Shoot Got Real podcast in 2021 is uh, club rugby commentator extraordinaire until very recently, but we won't touch on that. Tony Lewis, live and exclusive to the podcast. How are you doing? Hello, Tom. How are you? Lovely to be with you again, mate. Very exciting uh, to be at the beginning of another Shoot Shield season, season 2021. And uh, a lot happening on the club rugby scene, that's for sure. Oh, it's been so much going on. It's unbelievable. Um, so you mentioned that you're, you've got an East presentation or function coming up, the season launch, I believe it was. What can you tell us about Eastern Suburbs? How are they? Yes, well, they're having their uh, foundation launch and jersey presentation to first grade um, this evening. And uh, it's all just what I've heard and what I've read mm. um, from the boys down at the club. They've made some good pickups. Uh, Rowan Sifaloy. The, uh, the 10, who was last playing at Southern Districts, who coincidentally is East's opponent this Saturday, has joined the club. A lot of the PI uh, lads from around the place are coming to East to play under Coach Pauly mm. um, because he's desperate to win a premiership for the club since they haven't won one since 1969. Yeah. Well, not a full season one. I think they did win back in 2003 in the shortened season. Anyway, Cypherloy is a good pickup for East. The last time he was on Wallara Oval, he definitely was man of the match playing for Southern Districts when they beat the Beasties. Mm. Um, and I think that was that was a couple of years ago. Me and uh, Cameron Shepard called that game. Also, there's a, a, a fella, young bloke from, uh, who's come across from the Perth, uh, sorry, the Western Force organisation. Uh, can't remember his name, sorry, but he is a centre. Yeah. And then there's some, uh, some big lads who've come across from uh, Parramatta uh, to play in the front row uh, for Eastern Suburbs. So... I think they've made some good pickups. They've lost yep. uh, a few of their boys. Will Harris, of course, has gone to the Waratahs. And uh, big Ryan McCall is over at the Perth Force. Mm. Um, Jack Grant. Well, uh, Jack, with the Grant was, Jack Grant was playing with the Waratahs until very recently. And then Jake Gordon came back from his injury. So I'm thinking maybe that frees up Jack Grant. Maybe not. Uh, not sure. Well, I think Grant's probably the number two in the halfback pecking order at the Tars. So he'll probably be... Uh, mm. on the bench every remaining game, I think. And what happens at the end of Super Rugby? I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, do all the players come back to their clubs? That'd be great. Let's hope so. Well, um, some did last year from memory because there was, a, I think, a period after Super Rugby concluded where, yeah, they, they basically could come back to shoot shield. But if memory serves, Rugby Australia prevented that from happening for a few weeks because of COVID concerns. And it did happen eventually, but yeah, who, who knows whether Rugby Australia will say, yeah, sure, go back to your clubs or whether they'll want to keep them in a sort of bubble. I don't know. Um, 
All right, well, let, let's get into tipping the upcoming round, round one, if you don't mind. Um, let's start with an easy one. Sydney Uni and Hunter, who you got? Well, I think with Wildfires, Hunter Wildfires are going to put in a much improved performance uh, mm. this season under Bubba Coleman. He's a great coach. He's got great contacts. Uh, he's well-respected. And uh, I think they're a pretty tight unit up there. Having said that, they're going to find it very, very difficult. First out of the box against Uni. And uh, i got to go with Uni on this one. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, well, as you say, I think they've recruited a couple of big names I was reading just the other day, but I don't think it's going to be enough for them to, to push them over the line in round one. Let's move on. We've got Eastern, uh, Eastwood and Western Sydney at TG Milner. Eastwood's last year playing at TG, if I remember right. Who you got? Yeah, that's really sad that uh, the Woodies are... Uh, uh, moving from TG mm. up to Carthill Hill. On the other hand, it's a, perhaps an exciting new direction for the club. Let's hope so. TG Milner, of course, is uh, an iconic field um, for all of us. And uh, it yep. will be sad not to be going there after this year. But uh, Woody's uh, under Ben Batcher have done some good recruiting too. I've just read in the other day, they picked up a very promising young prop from New Zealand. I believe it's from Counties Manukau right. um, over there. Um, uh, a young guy, um, about 20 years old, can't recall his name, but mm. a, a big loose head and, and very dangerous ball runner, dangerous with the ball in hand. So Woods, as usual, they'll be strong um, and they'll finish the season stronger than they started. But uh, I'll be picking them over Western Sydney, who take the field tomorrow uh, on Saturday with uh, Sonny Satawala as their skipper, which is uh, 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 a new job for him. Yeah. Um, Sunny Sats, and uh, um, from all accounts, he's very excited about it. And uh, let's hope West Harbour has a good year. I, I, I picked them last year to be one of the big improvers, and they unfortunately no. uh, didn't really bear me out. But, uh, you know, they're a proud club. They've got great talent, and uh, let's see how they go. But I, I can't uh, go against Woody's at TG Milner. Agreed. Uh, Penrith and North out there at Nepean. Penrith, I read the other day, someone saying they were very much, I think it was John Muggleton quoted in saying they were very much looking for their first win since, I believe it might have been as far back as 2014, which is, um, I mean, it's a skewed, uh, it's a skewed fact given they weren't in the competition for pretty much three years because, or two years because, but Nonetheless, it's still not a great start for the club. Uh, will their first win in seven years come against North Sydney this weekend? I, I, I honestly can't see it. Mm. And uh, um, and I hate to say that. I wish I could uh, say that it would. Um, I have a lot of time for John Muggledon and an awful lot of respect for the work he's doing up there. Yep. But they just struggle for numbers so badly, you know. And uh, mm. um, I, I read that Muggleton was expressing his frustration with the low training numbers that they've had. I mean, there's been... With the floods and all the rest of it, that hasn't helped um, no. out there. But uh, you know, let's let's hope let's hope that the emus uh, have a good season and pick up a win or two. It's certainly possible. I don't think it's going to happen uh, in round one though, and I expect North uh, to win up there at Penrith. No, agreed. Uh, I did read that they uh, picked up obviously a number of uh, rugby league players last year who had you know varying success. Some of them were very good, uh, but a lot of those guys either went back to rugby league or went to other shoot shield clubs, which kind of says a lot about the situation out at Penrith in particular, where they've got to not only you know stop the other clubs from taking their players, they've also got to stop rugby league from coming. And uh, but no, I agree with you on the tip, Penrith. Penrith to uh, unfortunately go down on the weekend. 
Let's get into some of the tougher games first. West Harbour and Randwick. West Harbour, I think, drew with Randwick back in 2019, I think it was. Uh, last year when they played Randwick, did not fire a shot. I remember I was commentating that game for Clutch TV. This time around, will West Harbour beat Randwick or do the Galloping Greens have this one? You know, I'm, I'm, I have to apologise. Uh, when you, we were talking about Western Sydney before, yeah. I was thinking about West Harbour. Um, so all that stuff I was saying about um, Sunny Satawala and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that for West Harbour. To West Harbour, not to Western Sydney Two Blues. Um, my apologies there. Look, I just do want to say one quick thing about Two Blues, if I can, <laughs> yeah. since, I, since I missed out a couple of minutes ago. Um, I expect them to be one of the big improvers this year, uh, Western Sydney. They're uh, in really good shape with the redevelopment of their ground. I don't yeah. know if it's going to be ready for this season uh, anytime or not. I hope it is, but it's looking fantastic. The progress pictures look fantastic. And they've made some really good uh, pickups too. They've got a few boys from New Zealand, um, and they, uh, which I think will really stiffen up uh, uh, their attack. And, uh, you know, they're always tough in defence. So, mm. um, you know, best of luck to the Western Sydney Two Blues. And I do apologise for getting that wrong. Now, West Harbour and Randwick. Okay, Sunny Satoala is the skipper for West Harbour against yes. his old club, Randwick. And as always, West will try pretty hard. Randwick, um, I think, lost a few players to the Sevens Look, organisation. Uh, yes, absolutely right. Um, they had a number of players. I think one of the reasons why they were so good in the early rounds of last year is because, you know, no one got a preseason in and they just rocked up with a number of sevens guys who transitioned very quickly and obviously brought extremely high standards. Guys like um, uh, Henry Hutchison, Simon Kennewell, Maurice Longbottom, Lockie Miller, Dylan Peach, Gerald Skelton as well. And all of those players have either gone back to the sevens or to Super Rugby clubs. So, yes, that, that's a lot of the talent they'll be losing this year. Yeah, the Wicks have also lost some players uh, to the Major League Rugby yep. in the States. Uh, Nathan Tenhout, the, uh, the second row, mm. uh, the lock, who was their skipper, I think, for most of last year. He's over there playing with Darren uh, Coleman and the LA Giltinis. Mm. And also uh, Christian Poitavan. Uh, is over there in Los Angeles also. I don't know if any of the other Randwick boys have gone to other franchises in the States, but but those two alone from that forward pack, uh, they'll they'll be a big loss. The game's at Coogee, you said? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, no, Dremoyne this weekend. Oh, it's at Dremoyne. Okay. Well, that's a neutral ground. I, You know, it'd be interesting to... I might I might go with West Harbour on this one, mate, you know? Yeah, I, I could back them for an upset. They've always been capable of an upset. I think last year they won four of their last seven and had... Yeah, last year they had four wins and a draw out of their last seven games, which was quite impressive, I thought. Um, I think on this occasion I'll probably tip Rainwick, but I could believe West Harbour will get up. Um, a couple of the even tougher games to tip this weekend. Eastern Suburbs and Southern Districts at Willara this weekend. Um, what do we reckon? I've heard nothing about Souths. Mm. Um, don't, don't know um, who they've lost or, or who they've gained. Um, I do know they've been a bit of a, a bugbear for the Eastern Suburbs Club. In, from, from recent memory, well, recent, going back 20 years or so, it seems to me that Souths have won more than they've lost against the Beasties. I think East at home, they've been working really, really hard uh, at trainings since last November. Um, the numbers have been very big for Coach Pauly all through the grades and Colts, and uh, he's made some very good uh, pickups. Mm. I'll be surprised if East lose this 
Saturday uh, at home, so I'm picking the Beasties. Agreed with that. Um, Manly and Gordon, this is a game I'm really struggling to pick. Uh, we did speak to Joe uh, James Hiltebrand, who was the captain for Manly for a lot of last year, um, and he seemed to be pretty downcast about their possibilities moving forward, in all honesty. But they come up against Gordon, who have, as we've touched on before, uh, lost their coach and a hell of a lot of their lineup, including Mahe Bailanu, who I believe was the player of the pretty much the man of the match in the grand final. How, how do you and, think they're going to bounce back this year? Yeah, and Bailanu was also the catchpole medalist uh, for last year, the best player mm. in the time. Um, they've also lost Geordie Goddard, their skipper. Uh, and and a few other boys. Uh, basically, the, the Gordon first grade side from last year that won the grand final yep. uh, ha- has been gutted. Uh, most of their boys going overseas with coach uh, coach Darren Coleman. So I don't know if they'll be. Obviously, they're not going to be as strong as they were at the end of last year. And uh, no. this game, what's the venue for this game? Look, uh, Manly are hosting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think Marlins will probably get up over Gordon. Uh, first out of the box yeah mm. so I'll pick Manly for this one backing you on that so that's uh, Tony you've gone with Sydney Uni Eastern Suburbs two Blues uh, sorry Eastwood over the two Blues West Harbour over Randwick and Manly over Gordon and North over Penrith and I agree with you on every single one of those except Randwick and West Harbour hey listen thank you very much hopefully we see you um, in a commentating capacity uh, at some point this year or at least Moving forward, who knows? If we make enough noise about it, it might happen. It's always a pleasure, Tom, to be on your podcast. And uh, thanks for your support, mate. And fingers crossed, I'll, I'll, I'll get a chance to call a game or two this year. If not, um, there's plenty of other things to do. So I'm not, uh, I'm not too uh, cut up about it. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, thanks That's a lot, mate. Talk soon. Oh, yeah. A massive thank you to Tony Lewis, live and exclusive on the Shoot Got Real podcast. Not really live, but you get the point. I think that's the fourth time we've had him on the podcast. So he's he's just really good. He's really generous with his time. We obviously always love having him on. Um, Look, my name's Tom English. That's been our show. Before we go, I need to tell you to subscribe on Spotify and Anchor.fm and Apple Podcasts and all the various podcast platforms. Like us on Facebook at Shoot Got Real. That's where we post most of our content. Um, we also put out a podcast episode every single Friday. So stay tuned for that. Comes out every Friday morning. I will see you in a week from now. Enjoy the rugby over the weekend. Bye for now.